Potter Who Cast. That's a werewolf. Hello, and um, welcome to the show. You know what the show is because you, you've you've clicked in here. You've listened to poof, how many episodes now? 13? 13. 14? Is it? Yeah, it'd be 13. Because we know this, we're doing these in order, so I have everything clicked out. Of course. Um, yeah. You know what we do. You, you know. Um, I'm, I'm Werewolf David, and this week, as always, is... I forgot I, I, I'd say quotes. Okay. Uh, just, just do a werewolf noise. Uh, my sir, your sir, Walter Riley, Michelle, I'm here. Bring potatoes to Europe. Yes. And this episode, this episode, uh, Tooth and Claw, you know, I just want to start off by asking you, David, did he, did, did it amuse you in some kind of way or shape or form? I am not amused. No, no, no. We are not amused. We are not amused. Well, well, we, we, there's no royal we here. We're, we're anti, anti wees and poos. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, so today we're talking about Tooth and Claw, which is about a werewolf, obviously. God, no rustiness here. Um, <laughs> before we be okay, so we're talking about Tooth and Claw. Before we begin, there's a few little facts. We love facts, you know? F- give facts a, give us the facts. Give us the facts. Okay. Do you want to guess when this was broadcast? Actually, let's, let's get a, a Two, fun 2006. Yes, but when? In 2006. March. Uh no. It was October. broadcast not in October either, which it would it should have been, but it wasn't. It was broadcast twenty second of April two thousand six. So that's That date sounds <sighs> familiar. Twenty second of April? There's probably some I think was was okay, we're gonna we're gonna sound like idiots now because we're gonna be like was there something broadcast? I think I think series one was starting on twenty third of April uh two thousand five. I don't we think that's prob- it. I don't think we that's should, it. Th- there's there's something. There's something between. Oh, look, you know what? Because April 22nd is a date that I'm like, you know, that date. When you said April 22nd, I was like, something happened April 22nd. Oh, it's Earth Day, isn't it? That's it. Uh, uh, April 22nd is Earth Day. Yes. That's why I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Do you want to know who was born on April 22nd? I would like to know. Uh, Jack Nicholson. That's pretty freaking great. Vladimir man. Lenin. Uh, that's pretty freaking great too, man. J. Robert Oppenheimer, the creator of the atom bomb. I have become death destroyer of worlds, man. And probably most importantly, Machine Gun Kelly. Um, but we're not talking about Machine Gun Kelly, uh, star of... Uh, Rat-a-tat-tat, man. And King of Southern Ireland. Uh, from A Tooth and Claw. Uh, written by Russell T. Davies. Directed by Euros Lynn. Um, uh, starring Pauline Collins as Queen Victoria, who we all know was in The Faceless Ones, the second Doctor story, uh, which saw the departure of Ben and Polly. Spoilers for you, because you haven't watched that one yet. Nope. But, anyway... So, sorry, playing with a, playing with a, a little needle here. Um, ooh, 
So, as we now always do, it's time for the gist of this. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the Doctor and Rose help Queen Victoria fight evil monks who own an alien werewolf. At the end, the werewolf dies. Queen Victoria is probably a werewolf, and she starts torture. So that's 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 tooth and claw. That's the gist. That's basically what happens. That is what happens. That's why it's called the gist. David, we talked a little bit about this episode before, and it seemed as if you did not like it. Is that true? Okay, so maybe it was being a little harsh because. I was in a bit of a in a bit of a way, um, watching. I was very tired, but I think, as as I've said before, and as I'll say again, the whole my whole mission this year, is well this season, is to find out if I can start liking series two because I I <laughs> I of course famously as it says on Wikipedia I hate series two, and I want to trip try and figure out why I don't like it and if I can learn to like it. That's my mission for this series. And the problem I have with this episode, it's not, it's not a problem per se, is that it's it's just an episode of Doctor Who. You know, it's 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 nothing either way. That I'm like, oh well, you know, I hate this, or you know, this is this is great. There are points I like, and there are points I dislike, and there are points where I'm incredibly confused, which we'll get to, I'm sure, in a second. But you said to me that you love this one, so I'd like to know what. I, do, I didn't love. I didn't love. I did do an, a 180 in like the span of three minutes because what this this episode probably has like the worst cold open in Doctor Who history because it you can tell whoever directed this, Iris Lynn, uh, no offense to you, but you can tell that he was like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. We can do that. Doctor Who is cool again, and not, that never comes back. You you notice that that whole like those monks never do that again in the whole show. They all, just all like they do, yeah. They pray and then they get taken up by mistletoe, yeah, and gunfire. That's all they do. So it's like it's this cold open that's like it's so cheesy. It's so white too because they're all white, white ball guys, and it's just like okay, whatever, man. Do do whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, Doctor Who. Uh, that cold open sets your expectations so low that the rest of the episode, I was actually like, wow, this is actually pretty good. It was very entertaining. <laughs> What's that line he has again? It's like, um, how do you propose? And I'll get it up here. Because it's just the way the way he goes, like, how do you propose to get through us? Um, if you won't stand aside and we'll take it by force. And by what power? The hand of God? No. The fist of man. And, like, the, the whip hand right into his face as he right. says the fist of man and the score is just incredible. Right. I think... Uh, the whole problem with this episode was our problem, but the whole thing that happens is that um, basically the production team wants an episode of Doctor Who, so they go to a freelance writer and they say, "Okay, this is our this is we want an episode with like Queen Victoria. We want this and that to happen." And the writer's like, "Yeah, okay, that's fine, that's fine." And what happens is the writer ignores all their notes and delivers a script where there's a like an alien bug in the Queen's eye. And she's stuck in Buckingham Palace, and literally, Russell T. Davis was like, "No, we just we want this," and the writer's like, "Yeah, that's fine, that's fine," and just keeps delivering the same the same story. So this is really like this is Russell T. Davis being like, "Okay, I have however many weeks to get the episode done." Werewolf, a, uh, warrior monks, 
there, done. You can tell that um, what you just said came across to me when I realized that there's like a 10-minute chunk of this episode where it's just them running from the werewolf. So it's like, it's just 10 minutes of like, oh no, the werewolf, whoa, I kill somebody. I'm going to hold them back. No, don't do it. You're going to die. I'm doing it for Queen and Country. Bang, bang, bang. Ah, I, I'm died off screen. Let's run in here. Oh, we run. We got to, we can't hold back the, oh, oh, wait, the wolf is going back. And then when that, when that whole part just quiets down and they get back to like the actual episode, everything leading up to the wolf, I thought was really good. You know, I think, you know, I think with Victoria, Queen Victoria was fun. Um, it actually made me want to see her as a companion, the way that she and the doctor interacted. That whole speech she has about ghost stories, really fantastic speech. You know, the actress just sells it so well. And the lead up to the wolf jumping monks aside is really well done because they're like, they're telling the story about, you know, every, every generation, one of them disappears. And then, and then stuff is going on, and maybe the monks are here, and the monks are doing this weird stuff, and they're cooking mistletoe, um, or they're not cooking mistletoe, whatever they're doing. But basically, all of that lead up is great. The problem starts when we see the actual guy, <laughs> the guy who's playing the the werewolf. He is not frightening. He sounds like a baby. <laughs> well, he you sounds don't think he's like- great. No, it's a guy with like bad teeth and he sounds like a baby and he sounds he, he oh it's me, I'm the wolf, I'm so scary. And it's it's not scary, it's not terrifying, and I feel really bad for the guy because I can kinda tell that he has wasn't given too much to, like too much time to prepare. So it's like what do we do now? Oh, just kinda like stretch your face out. Okay. Like he doesn't have wolf eyes, he just have has like those black generic eyes and it's like dude this is not scary and then he turns into a cgi wolf that is always shot from afar from a distance because (laughs) like you have to count the amount of times that where the wolf is walking down a hallway and the camera is super far away from the wolf it's like i get it you guys wanted to do like a cool cgi but it's like you clearly don't have the budget to do a werewolf and when you and when you when I think about werewolf transformations, you know the thing that I always go to is American Werewolf in London. And if your werewolf transformation is not as good as that, which was made thirty years ago, with probably less money than Doctor Who, I don't think you shouldn't try. You know, I don't think you shouldn't try to do it. There's um very interesting. I employ look up uh, behind the scenes photos and footage of. The, the actor in the werewolf costume. Um, it's it's the standard thing of tennis ball on a stick on a helmet as a guy runs around in a, in a mocap suit. Um, the thing is, like, the werewolf transformation, like, now is whatever, but when you're, like, how old was I, six? When you're nine years old and you're watching this, you're absolutely creaming your... Jeans, right, I, I wanted to put myself in that mind space. I was, I was watching it on HBO Max, and I was on my couch, and I was like, "What if I was, you know, twelve watching this on like a fucking uh, barely ana- <laughs> barely digital TV? <laughs> this would probably be terrifying, you know." And like I said, the lead up to it works perfectly. Like the, le- the 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 ghost story, the way they're telling the act, everyone is selling it perfectly. It's just that when the werewolf actually shows up, it's like. 
I'm this this is like this is right at the kind of the peak of werewolf mania because you had um you had Prisoner of Azkaban you have that werewolf you have this you're getting like Underworld you're getting all the stuff with all these werewolves and then I, I, I guess Twilight comes in and then vampires are the new are the new werewolf but there's like, also the werewolf yeah. the were the um What's it called? The universe. There was a remake of the werewolf around this time, the wasn't wolf, it? The Wolfman with uh, the wolf Benicio man, del Toro. Right. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, yeah, I think that might be Rick Baker's last movie. Maybe he made something after that as well. I think. Uh, I, as, no, I uh, think uh, the last was, one. Uh, it was something read the press, and I can't remember what it was. It was. It was. Men, it was. It was Men in Black Three, wasn't? It? Oh, yeah, it was Men in Black Three. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, I have a giant Rick Baker book. I have a giant Rick Baker book in my uh, shelf, uh, and that was the last one. And I'm pretty sure with Men in Black Three, which kind of sucks, but Men in Black <laughs> Three, like they didn't, they didn't even use a lot of it. They they put CGI on top of his stuff. Yeah, you know, a lot of times. Anyway, uh, shame, you know, really bad that this is an art that's gone away. Anyway, yeah, um, a couple of other stuff. Just thinking the werewolf thing, like in the confidential. Because we'll get to Ted in a second. Because I want to talk about Ted's performance in this. There's a moment in the confidential where he speaks with his normal accent, and I was like, I was like, that's that's really weird that he's putting on a Scottish accent for the confidential <laughs> as as well as as well as the the episode. I wonder what happened there. And like for the entire thing, I was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's weird he's still doing the Scottish accent for for, for the behind the scenes documentary. Like you, you'd think he would he would go back to the normal voice, but um, I think he's he's fine in this. He um, there's one moment where he licks the wall and it's shot in a really gross way, but that's not his fault. Um, I think yeah, I think I think he's good in this. I think. Rose doesn't really get much to do beyond the quite frankly the bit beyond the quite frankly annoying uh Queen Victoria running joke. A guy who I thought was Julian McMahon until I read the credits afterwards realized he wasn't. Uh, That's as... who I thought he was too. Oh my god, thank you so much. I was like I see this actor before and I can figure like where have I seen before? I was like is that Julian McMahon? And then the the credit the thing showed up at the end. I was like, I guess that's not him, but he looks so much <laughs> like him. Oh, I think ultimately, I don't know. It's kind of like a slasher as well. I I wonder like if Doctor Who did an actual slasher, like if it just if it if Chris Chibnall was like, okay, you know, series thirteen, we're going to do a slasher. I think there's. It, there's potential there, but with something that isn't a giant, seven foot tall werewolf. I feel like Doctor Who has done a slasher. It probably has. Um, I guess Dalek, but not like a one. full on. Well, that's the thing. They have slasher likes. Yeah, you know, uh, Doctor Blink. Dalek. Uh, but the pr- but the problem is that like for it to be a full on slasher, you would have to be introduced. Like you'd have to actually get to know a group of people. I guess the yeah. base under siege episodes are the closest you get to like a slasher movie, because I'm thinking about like, you know, I was thinking, okay, what's a slasher episode of Doctor Who? The Haunting of Villa Duodati. 
But in that one, everyone who dies are like nameless servants, so you don't really know who they are. For yeah. it to be a true slasher episode, you would have to have like a, a solid first act where we're just meeting all these people, and then it's like one by one by one they get killed off. So I guess the closest we get to that is like a base under siege episode, you know? especially the two parters. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 it's an episode of Doctor Who. That's really all I have to say about. But yeah, I feel like I yeah. feel like from the, the from the moment that Wolf appears and on, it just kind of feels like a lot of stuff def- deflated. You know, like it's just it's like okay, we're trapped inside the room. Oh, but the the the, the we're trapped inside the room. But the werewolf is coming to the room. What's that about? Mistletoe. Okay. Well, mistletoe wards off werewolves. Well, but the wolf think it does. Sure, whatever. Oh, I have a gem. Oh, the gems for the the observatory. Oh, okay, okay. Uh huh. Sure. I forgot to mention that the ending of this is absolute bunkum. The the whole like oh, the if the werewolf has too much moonlight, it will much like the 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 uh, Price Warehouse Coopers in 2017. The werewolf has too much of moonlight and makes a mistake <laughs> and and turns to uh, turns to dust. Oh, that's okay. God. I uh, that, that I don't think that's bad. So I stupid. But I think they they give a good answer. It, 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 they it, give a I good know, justification. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it is. I'm getting, I'm getting to nitpicking. If I if I keep going <laughs> nitpicking. Hello. Um, I'm getting to, into nitpicking. If I if I keep going, but like it's just. Oh. I know. I know. But. It just—it just felt like you know the writers had written themselves into a corner. Like they get into that room, and it's like we can't make this some kind of like coward hotspot. We gotta give them a reason to be in this room. So like I don't know, mistletoe. Okay, whatever. I don't know what what's next. The gem. Okay, whatever. It just felt like the writers going and then and then and then and yeah. then instead instead of like instead of like they exactly. set up everything in the first half. The only thing that they set up that comes back is the observatory, and so that's why I was kind of like okay with it even yeah the moonlight stuff wasn't that well explained and i guess that helped the whole like it didn't feel as connected as it should have been you know mm-hmm. uh, just going back there and you said the moonlight stuff wasn't explained um warren Beatty said that he gave the envelope to fate oh, away, right. and she, she didn't read she didn't read it properly apparently but you know it, it's in, it's in it's in supplementary materials on the dvd if you if you watch that it, it'll explain all the all the problems <laughs> that, that that makes sense that yeah. makes sense. Um, uh, I will say though, I do have some notes that I, I liked. Um, there was a moment there where I thought Skylab was a Doctor Who thing, and then I rem- and then I googled it, and I found that it's an actual <laughs> uh, sky thing, uh, a NASA NASA creation. So I was like, oh, I, I swear to God, for like a solid thirty minutes, I thought it was like a Tom Baker story where he goes to Skylab <laughs> or something. I like that. Um, I like that he goes, Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> um, James McCrimmon, the fake name he gives is, is Jamie. A companion. Y- yeah. Okay, Who that one I know. Probably, probably the like I'd say maybe the behind Sarah Jane and maybe Ace is probably like the, the most popular classic companion. And I did like the idea that the royal family are all werewolves. <laughs> I, found, I thought that was like funny because it's like. It's do, do, yeah. Do you, it, do you, think, you know, it, considering this episode and the next, there's a lot of like quote unquote subtle commentary that's not that subtle. <laughs> do you think Prince Philip in that universe uh, 
got bitten by the queen, or do you think do you think he was like, I'm already a zombie. You want to you want to make me a werewolf as well? Um, but yeah, do you want to, will we will we move on to our our game this week? I do no, I do want to say one final thing, which is um, I really love the final speech. You know, when uh, yeah. the Queen Victoria is like, "You guys deal with this shit every day, and you think it's funny? That's fucked up." And I like that they don't learn the lesson that <laughs> Queen Victoria says that. And after that, they're laughing, you know, like, look, with royal family are werewolves. That's so funny. And it's like, I guess that kind of recontextualizes season two is my, in my head, you know, because mm. it's like, it's like the doctor and Rose are just like gallivanting through space and they don't care. They don't give a shit like, oh, things are bad. Whatever. Ha 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 ha. The Queen Victoria said we are not amused. Ha 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 ha. And then the, to have a character actually in, see, in episode two be like, y'all can't do this. And then they're like, fuck you. Yes, we can. Uh, bye, mom. And then knowing what happens at the end. It's very, it, it, it was like, uh, oh, wow, they actually planned this out. You know, Rose and Ten's quote unquote annoyingness is kind of part of the deal with this season. And then Queen Victoria sets up a four series uh, TV show with spin off novels and full cast audio adventures, uh, which becomes a, I believe, a Stars and BBC co production since last year. Um, and brings Wayne Knight into the into the Doctor Who world. Very exciting. But yeah, we'll do we'll do we'll do our game, I suppose. If, if you're if you're ready to come on, slam and welcome for jam. Let's do it. So this is unmade Who, uh, real or fake? Um, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> this is unmade Who, real or fake? In which you, yes, you have to guess whether this is a real story listed on the Wikipedia page for unmade Doctor Who stories or if it's something I made up. Okay. Okay. So let's do it. Let's go. Um, so this is an episode called Pride and Prejudice and Daleks. It's set in the land of fiction and it's written uh-huh. by Paul Cornell, and it's about true. It's true. Uh, it's true. That's all you, you gave it away. The issue you said Paul Cornell is like it's true. Okay, you should have said Paul Cornell. <laughs> Paul Cornell. I don't even. I I feel bad for 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 a ragging on Paul Cornell, um, but it's just it's so funny. It's so funny that all like what all stuff. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's that is it. Um, Poor Paul Cornell. Paul Cornell. <laughs> thank you for listening, Paul Cornell. Um, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at, at Potter Whocast. Uh, subscribe on Spotify and iTunes. Um, Google is still being weird, um, even now. In the future, from now. Um, I mean, well, it's in the future because we're releasing this tomorrow, obviously. Um, you no, know, please, wherever you get your podcast, follow us, give us reviews, tell your friends. You know, the I can say that for the Christmas Invasion episode. Um, but yeah, Michelle, if we're talking, 
Are there werewolves in in, in uh Full actually, Metal before, we get, before we do that I wanna say something else, which is um because we're recording out of order, this is the first week where Friendly Mushroom has become a a big banner more than the website. It's a it's a it's mm-hmm. a whole sphere for different shows and I want to recommend if you like werewolves and you like people running away from monsters that turn to be humans, um, Heavy Metal, the um, Scooby-Doo podcast hosted by Ethan Brundine. Uh, go listen, it's very fun. Very good guests on there. You know, you got your... Uh, <laughs> you got your people from podcasts like Can I Kick and stuff. It's, it's, it's good, trust me. But um, anyway, another another werewolf news. Uh you do something that involves might involve werewolves. I'm I'm on tenterhooks here. Uh, what else can people find you doing? Yeah. So, for a fact, Full Metal Alchemist does have werewolves. Yes. So that is a thing they do have. So, if you want to listen to me talk about Full Metal Alchemist, please find Full Metal Analysts. That's the podcast I do. Twitter.com/fm the word analysts, or you can find us at friendlymush.com, which is friendlymushroom.com and all that. Uh, I do also want to say, um, to, to kind of wrap this all up, uh, this episode, I was amused. <sighs> Next time. We are in a car. Thank you. And I will, I will, will, will. That's a werewolf noise. Werewolves of Scotland. <laughs> <laughs>